Sorry, we're closed. All right. Another episode. Sorry, we are closed. And me and Sean both rocking the tanks today because it is lovely weather here in the beautiful state of New Jersey as we record this. Um, Sean is 91 degrees. 91 degrees. And Sean is in the part of the apartment that gets absolutely roasted with sun here shortly. That's why if you look off to the left of him, uh, his blinds are, yeah, blinds are, are shut for this podcast if you're watching this online. Um, however, uh, first off, anyone who has uh, went and checked out the socials and followed, I appreciate it. Um, we have, uh, you know, getting those going. I really like the one that TiVo posted. Oh, speaking of TiVo, actually. Yeah, shout out to our guy TiVo. A little banged up this yeah, week. Yeah, shout out. On Saturday, he was driving home, or Sunday, he was driving home, and uh, a drunk driver, uh, intoxicated young lady i don't know how old she is but intoxicated lady of some sorts of age uh hit him he's doing okay he's out of the hospital hanging out just sticking staying away from some screen time as recommended by the doctor so you know shout out to our boy tivo anywho sean getting right into it getting right into it as we uh typically do i posted something on linkedin this week and <laughs> Uh, I want to go over it a little bit because you and I often romanticize, I think, the lifestyles that we have chose to live. And for good reason. Uh, the, the, we are, have chosen the entrepreneur world. We have been successful in said world. And I would say that more days than not, we have sat there at times and said, wow, you know, I think more people should try this. You know, when we want a day off, we can typically give ourselves a day off. doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, what it might be. So there are so many pros. And before we get into this, I will say I want to I want to make clear that I believe there are more pros than cons to doing this lifestyle. But it's not for everybody by any means. And I want to make mention of the other side of the coin. And I posted, because I had one of those days this week, I posted about how I believe that I can totally understand on days like the one I had, I can totally understand why people choose the employee life rather than the entrepreneur business owner life. And reason being that particular day, Everything kind of was just falling on me. So, you know, there were, people had their jobs, and but sometimes, you know, the decision has to come from me. So I have to be brought in on every one of these decisions. I have to sit there and listen to, you know, whatever the meeting might have already taken place and, you know, listen to the whole process and be like, all right, this is what I think the decision we should make. I hear everyone else's opinion, then I make the ultimate decision. That can happen. 40 times in a day. Then on top of that, you have tax season, which is, you know, I hear from my investors more times this last month and a half than I do any other time of the year. Hmm. You know, I go six months without hearing from one of my investors. That from March 1st to April 15th, April 20th, I hear from every single one of them at least once. So on that, on you know, add that layer on top of it. And then... Just general housekeeping. So there's, it was just a lot that had gone on. And I know, Sean, you've experienced days like this. Every, everyone experienced. I mean, even if you're on the employee side, you experience days where it just seems like it's a never-ending <coughs> amount of work. But, you know, a lot of times you have the Gary V's of the world. Now, Gary, he says that if you, if you want prefer to be an employee, you know, go for it. Just be happy. Just live your life, whatever that's – whatever – happy life it is that you want to live go live it but I, I again i think the entrepreneur and the and the business owner lifestyle gets gets lower or romanticized quite a bit and i think it's valuable to be like hey guys just so you know there are some fucking days that i want nothing to do with what i do like i couldn't be well there's there's certainly a price for your freedom right 
Like you don't, you know, we get to, we get to do those things, but it is, you know, you have the days. Well, I personally, you know, I mean, I, obviously I don't understand. I don't, I don't really know what happened with you on that, on that day where everything was falling on you. I, I find the challenge in entrepreneurship is just the lack of clarity on everything. Uh, and just the, you know, you, you're required to just figure it out and go for it regardless. Uh, whereas, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's funny. My, my understanding of a nine to five job comes from Dunder Mifflin. I don't, I don't know what, what looks like inside of, of an office. I don't know what, you know, you guys out there are going through. Uh, but I, I think that there are you know, tasks that are handed to you and you just do them and you, you know, you, you know, I think there are projects and things like that, but there's a lot more clarity in what the next steps are. The, the leaders in, in the company are pulling stuff out of thin air uh, and there is no guarantees. There's no, they're just making stuff up. That's why I give guy like Elon Musk some, some credit on this Twitter. He gets, I've never read, I have not read an article about him that says that he's done a nice job on Twitter, uh, but he, He's just making stuff up out of thin air. Uh, and I remember in the beginning of my business, like looking, I used to work at this WeWork building, a co-working office in downtown New York City. Uh, and it was like across the alley, outside of my window was an alley. And then across that alley was a, an office building. And I see the same people come in every single day, nine to five, do their thing uh, and leave. And I would often just be like, man, that's nice. Like just sitting there, I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm getting myself into. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to collect my paycheck every other Friday, no doubt. Uh, while on the other side of the alley from him was me trying to pull money out of my ass uh, and out of thin air. And that's the challenge for me uh, where, like, it's just like, okay, here we go again. You know, what's, what's this one? Uh, and, you know, that's where when I look at those people, I'm like, that ain't so bad over there, let me tell you. Well, honestly – and this is why I love talking about this stuff. Me and you actually almost, you know, at least I feel, and I've told you this before we get on every podcast, I'm like, all right, let's go do this. we got to do this. And then we get into the conversation, and I'm like, I'm into it. Like, I like talking about something. Because oh, everything everything we talk about, we have these, you know, topics we want to hit on, on this particular day. It brings up other thoughts. So I'm sitting at a dinner table uh, two nights ago, Tuesday night. And, and it, it's, it is. It's like a difference of mentality. I never heard entrepreneurship kind of put this way. But this guy, one of the guys we were sitting with, uh, he was complaining about, not complaining, but expressing to us how much his wife spends money. <laughs> Seems to spend quite a bit. But the, what he was suggesting kind of, though, is the difference between certain people and how you make money and how you do certain things and, and your – kind of way of going about life was two was two you had choice you have two choices essentially because there are people that try to you know pinch pennies all right hold on let's squeeze this back let's pull this back here hold on now we can't be doing that you know blah blah blah, blah all that type of stuff and hey let's let's see what's going out let's let's squeeze what's going out and then you have other people him being one of these people that's like all right just gotta go make more money and he's like, you know, it's difficult to really mitigate what goes out because there's a bottom line. There's just living expenses you need. Of course, you can do extravagant things. You can pull those things back, things like that. But there's going to be an output. It just is what it is. There is no no one out there unless, I guess, you know, these people that maybe go on these, you know, maybe just go live in you know, an island with these tribes or something. Maybe they don't have to spend money. But – what television shows are you watching where people do TikTok, that? TikTok, where the people go to these 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 tribes out in the wilderness that never assimilated with the, the society. Keep up, Sean. Anywho, there's actually one tribe. Funny fun fact of the day: one tribe that you can't. It's forbidden to go to the island because they will kill you and eat you or some stuff like that. Yeah, I know. I know the one. Yeah, you're talking yeah, about. yeah. See, you keep up. Anywho, so his suggestion was they're theoretically is no maximum that you can have it as an input. So why wouldn't that be the place you focus? 
And so obviously you gotta live a uh, you gotta live a life where you're not just absolutely spending all of your money. But his thought process was like you know when there are you know the entrepreneurs of the world, a lot of the entrepreneurs, the people that or not even entrepreneurs, just the, the the ambitious people, whether they're trying to move up in the corporate ladder, whether they're trying to start their own business, whatever they might be trying to do, the very ambitious people are focused on the input. What's coming in? How can I make more come in? And then a lot of the not so ambitious people, yeah, they're but they're gonna they're gonna try to make more, but then you know they're gonna try to get their raises, try to get their pensions, trying to get their four hundred one k's, all of that good stuff, which is a smart and decision. You make sure you save for your retirement, etc. But they're making sure they're not spending too much. They're more focused on the output, and it was it was a really interesting way of looking at it because I'm, we're sitting there at dinner, and I obviously you know I like to you know I like to spend money myself. And sometimes I'm like, well, hold on there, cowboy. You got to reel it in a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But he's right. Like, I've never gotten myself in trouble where I've been in a, in a predicament where I can't pay a bill or something like that. <coughs> I actually typically, you know, anytime I've gotten myself in trouble is because I've been, I've been lending other people money too much. And I'm like, well, hold on. I got I to gotta relax here a little bit. But the, my focus has always been I, – I, I, I have to imagine it's yours too just from living with you, Sean. Now, I'm not – up to date on your financial portfolio, but you know my focus has always been like what comes in and how to make that more. Like I'm always spending, I'm always investing. I've I brought my bank account to zero many a times trying to buy a restaurant, you know. So I'm always spending or investing. It's just because I want to get the input number as high as it can be, uh, and I've never been so worried about what the output number is. Now again, also a little disclaimer: I don't have a wife, kid, family, all of that stuff. So. Uh, that you know, you obviously have a more output worries and all that stuff. But it was an interesting <coughs> way to put it. You know him. I'm not going to mention him by name just in case he doesn't want that. But it was a really interesting way of putting in that entrepreneur or uh, you know that really uh, motivated and aspirational type person and and what they're more focused on. And maybe that's why that little bit of a change. That's why maybe they're just maybe their brains are a little bit more well tuned to go be successful <coughs> in the business world. Because me and you both know people, Sean. Me and you both know many a people who should not be running businesses. <laughs> you know, I think that. I mean, you bring up you bring up a great point. I think that you know, in my little neck of the woods in entrepreneurship, and you talk about guys like Tony Robbins and stuff. You know, they're big on the. You know, you hear you hear the phrases like abundant mindsets and scarcity mindsets and stuff like that. And I think if we, like, just look at the bare bones of it, you know, pinching pennies is a scarcity mindset. There's not enough. Where, whereas the abundance mindset is uh, there's, there's plenty. There's always more that we can do to create more income. And uh, I think that every entrepreneur at one point or another has to either naturally, and I think you're, I think you're one of these, naturally be in the place of, uh, plenty of money. I'll figure this thing out. I can make more money. Uh, on the flip side, there's, uh, I think, people like myself who it's not so natural. Uh, and, uh, you know, you get to a point where, and, and I certainly have gotten, I've gotten here many times where, you know, uh, the, what, what you're doing, the things you are doing is not providing you income. It's not making you any money. Uh, and you have to stop kidding yourself and you've got you've to shake the mindset that you have. Uh, I remember when I first started, I got I'm all set up in my little office, same office I was, I was talking about before, uh, and I would spend 90% of my day just tweeting, uh, and it was like the Gary V mode, like I'm just going to content, 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 uh, and you know a couple months go by, and I'm like, you know, Sean, you haven't, you haven't made any money. What's the deal here? Uh, and you you know you have to force yourself into, you have to put you know put the stress on those gears to say like. I have to I have to make the money here and I and, and switching from that scarcity mindset where it's like you know in the beginning of of my business you know any subscription that I was that I was a, I probably the only subscription I had was Apple Music uh, and you know I had to start like actually paying things like 97 a month when I was 5 years ago would have sounded like a bazillion dollars to me and now it's super cheap uh, and you know, I was paying $700 a month for HubSpot. You know, it's like you start realizing that you can't play that game of, of, 
you know, just trying to like hold back and, and wait for things to get better before you start becoming and start be, like, uh, you know, doing that stuff. I tell every entrepreneur that I've ever worked with, I say, the number one skill that you have to have as an entrepreneur is you have to be able to pull money out of thin air. Uh, if you get to a point where you need a thousand bucks, you got to be able to do something that can generate you a thousand bucks. I have been very lucky to have done that. Uh, and I feel very confident in my ability to do that. Uh, and let me, let me elaborate. I, on I that think a little bit. that everybody's got to have, yeah, that. let me elaborate that a little bit because I, I see it a little bit differently. And I think uh, obviously people at home listening are going to have different types of mindsets on this. And when you're like a little bit, cl- little clarity, at least in my belief of what Sean is means there by pulling money out of thin air. Obviously, it's not just, you know, have a, you know, have a, you know, it theoretically is have a rabbit in the hat. But that rabbit in the hat is a skill of some sort. It is it's knowing what your your value is to people and how you can make how does that make money i've been very fortunate me and sean talk about social media probably more and probably the amount of me and sean has talked social media over the last few years would probably make most of your ears bleed like it's just it's been that way i've been fortunate enough to have other streams of income where like sean talked about when he is we work days well he couldn't just sit there and tweet all day it wasn't making him money he had to change <laughs> And whereas I, I was like, well, yeah, you know, I've, I've told Sean before sometimes, I'm like, ah, you need to do, th- I think you need to do this more. I think you need to do that more. And, you know, Sean hasn't been afforded that luxury in the early part of his, 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 his time as an entrepreneur. Just be like, okay, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll post on Instagram 40 times. Like, he hasn't been afforded. Whereas I can kind of just go and do that and just send it out there. And because I have other money coming in, sometimes you need that source of income before you can um, just go ahead and, and do something for a while that doesn't make you any money. And that's why uh, a lot of people tell you do that nine to five, <laughs> and then when you get home, kind of work another job to get to that you know freedom lifestyle, right? But you have to under everyone, in my opinion, has some type of skill. Uh, I, I think that's that's obvious. It's about if you want to be that business owner, entrepreneur type person, you know, it. A lot of people are going to feel as though you're pulling money out of thin. You're just pulling things out of your ass. And in reality, what it actually is, is you've learned that there is something that you have that's of value. And you're just going to keep – sometimes it's not going to work. Sometimes it is. Or you have multiple things that you think have value. And one of these times it's going to hit. And you're going you're gonna to get something. And it's like, well, how the, how the hell did Pat do that? Or how the hell did you know Sean pull that guy or do this or do that? Whatever the case may be, right? It's finding that thing that you can sell, whatever it is, whether it's a skill, whether it's a product, whatever it might be. It's finding that thing. And if you don't, if you can't, if you're not good at that, if you don't, if you're sitting at home, not right like right now, it takes time sometimes to find the thing that's of value to people. But when, if you're like, if you, if you you don't think you can find that, or you you've been years in and you still don't know what it is or what have you. You might not – it might not be your thing. It might not be – I'm not saying you don't have it, but you just might not be – you know, your brain might not be wired in a way to be able to see it. And maybe you need a business partner that can help see it. You know, that's happened plenty of times where, you know, you know, partners are able to bring more out of people because, like, oh, dude, you got some fucking value there. You know, when I first brought on my now COO of, of four of my spots, you know, he was a manager – and got an opportunity <laughs> prior to me being the owner. But I saw this guy as a guy who could run 30 bars. You know, he should be making, you know, a million dollars a year operating, you know, 20 to 30 places, not including, you know, which we will we'll bring him into most of the spots to, you know, make a little ownership points on them. You know, he's gonna be ma- he should be making that kind of money because that's how talented the guy is. He has his downsides, just as everybody does. But he, you know, I think that, in my opinion, at least, I think he, you know, he had it, and he just needed someone that gave him the confidence to do it. The guy prior to me, you know, was kind of a piece of shit, and he didn't do that. The other partners who stayed on were, you know, giving him confidence and stuff, but it was a tumultuous relationship there, and it just didn't work out. You know, then when I come on, and I, you know, me and him have a great working relationship together and all that, you know, I think I was able to pull stuff out, or at least give him the confidence to believe that he could do that, because I don't, you know, people, you know. I, I have one thing I've never been afraid of is asking for help. I don't I don't want to do anything. So the more people that I'd rather make 
20%, then 30%, and spend that extra 10% to, so I don't have to do a damn thing, then make 30%. A 99 million times out of 99 million. I might even do there's a one other time. There is no other time. Hmm. I'd always rather do it that way if I can make it work. I'd, even, I'd take 15, maybe even 10, depending on how much money it is. But sometimes you need help of pulling it out of yourself, pulling it out. Be like, okay, listen, you're really good at this. And sometimes you're like, oh, you know, I am, but like, you know, you might not think it, but like, no, like someone on the outside sees that as a value. Like we talk about Sean's, you know, um, fitness side. He that tweet we talked about last week, Sean. I think that was a brilliant tweet. Was listen, I want to do this, but in order to get there, I'm really good at this, and this is really marketable, which was fitness for Sean and other for other people. But you know, that's the path to the to what I really want to do. And it's it's finding those things that are super marketable and super valuable for people to go se- for you to go sell or have other people go sell them for you, whatever the case may be. But that's why I think when talking about pulling money out of thin air, you you have something inside you that's valuable. You got to pull that out somehow, or have someone else do it, and that's how you end up making money. Otherwise, if you can't do that, you know you're you're probably best working for somebody else. It's interesting. So many thoughts going through my head. And I, I certainly agree that you've got to have something that you're good at and something that you can do. Uh, you've got to be good at it. It's got to be something that people want to buy. But I think there's another element to... Uh, look, everything you said was correct. But when it, you know, my interpretation of pulling money out of thin air... Is like uh, just kind of under the assumption, like anybody who started a business, uh, I'm just we're just I'm just going to assume you've got something, you've got a talent there, and there's something that you at least inherently believe that people want it, whether they do or not. I've seen some weird businesses where I don't I don't necessarily know who's buying that thing, but we assume that you've got it, uh, and like how does how does somebody who runs a cookie company make a thousand bucks like that? How does somebody who is running a gym make a thousand bucks like that? How does somebody who, you know, is in a in a tough spot in the business, has to pass to pay rent, has to make payroll, how do they make money like that? And I think I think that I, I think that we're looking at an, an extra gear of the entrepreneur. Uh, to be honest, yesterday I was sitting right outside Grand Central Station and I'm just sitting there. I had time to kill. And I'm watching all these people from New York go by. And I just was like, people of all shapes and sizes. Uh, like, And I was just thinking to myself, like, how does how does this guy, I'm like watching this guy walk by, I'm like, how does this guy become this guy? You know, I met there was a tour group going by and there's this old, old guy walking by had his, his name was Ernie it said on his name tag Ernie something just a super generic regular guy uh, which I'm sure he would love he- to hear me describe <laughs> him as such uh, but I was like how does how did Ernie become Ernie this guy who's just blending into the pack in his little tour group like what happened there and one of truly one of my favorite quotes is that man is just a set of conditioned chemicals. Uh, and it's just like we chase the things that make us feel good. And those are the chemicals, the emotions inside of us. Uh, and what I find is that most people are the nine to fivers, right? And this is this is, doesn't really go for everybody. So everybody holds your horses. But like I think I think most people avoid the stuff that is uncomfortable and challenging to do. And, uh, and like it makes me nervous, right? Uh, and whereas the people who are going to generate money out of thin air and do it consistently, you know, it's one thing to do it in a time of need, but to do it consistently is to consistently confront those uncomfortable chemicals. Uh, and, you know, when I see somebody walk by who's a- a- overweight, out of shape, uh, you know, that to me is an addiction to the chemicals of feeling good. It's an addiction to the chemicals of, you know, what a pizza makes how that makes you feel and I understand that I get that uh, but it is the set of the conditioned chemicals of that person uh, and as, as you obviously know like I am a I am all about the physical and how you can 
rewire it and, and change the conditioning of the chemicals, which is all very true and possible. But I think, you know, for the entrepreneur in these scenarios, pulling money out of thin air, uh, you at some point just have to confront that, that, that feeling, that, that, you know, inner emergency break that's stopping you from actually going for it because you have a little bit of a safety net. You, you mentioned that, you know, you said that one of the, you know, common things that people do is like work your nine to five, do a side hustle. And when the side hustle is ready, move on. I, I think the mo- most of the advice that I've seen is the complete opposite. It is quit your side hustle, put your back against the wall and go for it. All right. If you want to take the island, you have to burn the boats. Uh, and I don't think one, I think each one is, if each person has like a, a certain, like some people would be best served doing that while others would be best served doing it the other way. Um, Tivo, by the way, take a screenshot here because my arm looks sensational in this in this in this image. I was doing I was doing uh-huh. this earlier. And I was like, you know, people just gotta, people just really gotta <laughs> do this. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, you know, look, I think that uh, there you, you, there's nothing you said is wrong, and, and you and I just come from such different uh, avenues of entrepreneurship. Uh, but to me, it's just always about eventually getting yourself to do the things. Tony Robbins at the beginning of his at the beginning of his documentary on Netflix, which everybody should watch. Again, screenshot TiVo. Everyone should watch. Uh, and he says something about like, you know, you know, every single day you're gonna wake up. You're not gonna you're not gonna always feel like doing it, and neither do I. But that's the difference you know, between you and the best in the world at at their craft. And I was just like, shit, like. Like he just wakes like no matter what the job is getting done and he's doing the things. Uh, and I, to me, that's, you know, all the people that I come across, that's that's the missing link. Yeah, and so the thing I'm struggling with this is what I want a little bit clarification on. I know I was right in everything I said, but <laughs> the thing that I, I need, like, I need more clarity up, upon the, the the phrase out of thin air. How do you like right, so instead look. of just saying like you, you gotta be able to? I understand the face, the uncomfortable. That's I totally get. Uh, I, I agree with that. But like, like right now. Right, so here's an okay, example. Yeah, give me an example. So a couple years ago, when I was doing business consulting, I was charging two thousand dollars a month for these people to come in, and that's a that's a shitload of money. Okay, and and I knew it, and I, for some reason I don't remember how I came up with that number, but I was like, I think I think I'm worth it. So. I, I was sitting there and I was going through like doing my normal stuff. Like I would run like a little webinar or like reach out to people and, you know, follow up, all that crap. And everyone was like, Sean, oh, you know, the program looks great, uh, but uh, I can't afford 2000 What do you got to do, damn mind? Uh, and I was just like, oh, man, like, okay. And you try to get him. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, well, I, I kind of understand that. That is a shitload of money. Like, you know, I get that. We get to the point where it's just like, okay, well, Sean, you gotta, you can't just keep, you know, spinning your wheels here. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get people to sign up for this thing. So for me, it's like, how, how do I make this happen? How, I don't understand. I have no, I have nothing set in stone. I have an empty, empty sheet of paper. How do I make this happen? So I said, okay, what's what's holding me back from getting these people to buy this thing? And I was like, well, they don't have two thousand dollars that they can comfortably spend on this, and maybe they're not, com- maybe not hundred percent sure that I'm going to be able to deliver on my promise to them. So I was like, what if? I actually made them the $2,000 uh, before they signed up with me. And I was like, okay, well, that, that would be interesting because then they would be able to prove that I was able to do it. Uh, and then they would have the $2,000 to, to be able to give it to me. So I said, okay, well, how long does it take? How long realistically do I think I could get $2,000 out of somebody? And I was like, I think I could do it probably in 14 days. If give them the right lessons at the right times, really go for it for two weeks. I think I can get pretty much any entrepreneur to make $2,000. So I put together the 14-day low-hanging fruit challenge. Right? I was going to find the low-hanging fruit in your business, pluck it, and give you $2,000. Put together this 14-day challenge. A bunch of people came through, and they did it. Uh, and I, you know, the first week, somebody made like 1500 Another guy made 1700 I had somebody make five grand in it one time. Uh, and like just so stuff like that. Like just you've created that thing. And then at the end of it, everybody was like, holy shit, like what you do works. You were able to do it in two weeks. Like that thing didn't exist before that. Uh, I've had instances where I've had to put like a like a front end offer on on my on my 
program to get people to buy it. Uh, that whole coaches in quarantine thing that I did when my business overnight, my in-person speaking business was probably a better example. My in-person speaking business was wiped out overnight with COVID. I had to find a way to still make money. And out of thin air, I created this webinar uh, with eight of my friends. Uh, that was an all-day seminar. And in that, you know, in that seminar, I made a sales pitch. I ended up made it, making $27,000 in one day. It ended up getting me through the pandemic. Uh, and you know, we had all sorts of like recurring stuff off of that. But like that's for me, it's like I got nothing. There's nothing. There is literally no income whatsoever coming in right now. There is not next Friday where the paycheck comes in. In fact, there is n- it is literally nothing on the schedule for eternity where anybody is going to pay me money. How do I fix that now? All right. So, I, I mean, we're essentially saying the same thing. But because because you're still having you're still finding what's skilled what, or whatever it is of value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm, putting, I'm just emphasizing. Yeah, I'm, I'm emphasizing the marketing side of it. Or, and I'm, I'm not even the marketing side. Of it. I'm emphasizing the go get it of 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 yeah, the ambition the like the yeah, the screw it. Like I'm, I and, and that's why the burn the boat strategy is so popular is because you get to this point where it's like shit. I'm either going to quit or I'm going to go figure this thing out. OK. Yeah. No, I listen. I, I agree with that. There are certain people that uh, I think that. Are just made for certain things, and I think you know. I've always looked at life as like a video game with infinite lives. So like when so when like I'm doing things infinite. Seriously, like like what's worst case scenario for me? I'm never gonna break any laws. They're gonna send me to jail. So what's worst case scenario for me? Like I lose all my money and I have to go make more money. Like there are jobs. I'll be able to make more money. I'm a, yeah. I feel like I'm a smart enough guy to put you know some things together to go make money. I don't like worst case scenario is I go have to go I have to you know tail between my legs. I got to go work a job to make some money. Okay, so does everybody else ever that's ever lived. So you know my you know my thing is like when you when you're built like you said in order to be that you know business owner entrepreneur type person, you do you need that. Hey, I need we need to go get this. We need to go figure out a way to make more money. And make it now because of, like, whatever. In your case, we haven't had money come in in a few months. That needs to change. Uh, and if I personally don't do anything about that, that's not going to change. People aren't just going to start handing me money uh, just out of the goodness of their hearts unless you start becoming the Red Cross. So you're right. In that respect, with when you're defining it as pulling money out of thin air, you do. You need that in, in the entrepreneur business world lifestyle, which goes back to my original point of LinkedIn, my LinkedIn post. If that doesn't tell you that sometimes being a business owner sucks, <laughs> I don't know what will tell you because sometimes, guys, like we just got uh, an audit from an insurance company at one of my locations, and the audit this is this is, you guys want you guys want to make money? I'll tell you, I'll give you a piece of advice. Go be a go start an insurance company. That is how you make money because it is just <laughs> randomness and free money. So because. What they're going to do is they come in and say, hey, listen, we're going to insure you for this. All right. So then they insure you for that. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you give them all this money. Nothing ever happens. So you just give these people all this free money. All of a sudden, you just gave a company $100,000 in insurance money every single year. And nothing has happened. Mind-blowing activity. However, (laughs) they in the alcohol business – Say you know like you have like a, you have like a uh, I don't know how car insurance works theoretically but not to my knowledge does it work on how often you drive they just give you a year, uh, like a yearly thing based off your driving history mm-hmm. in the liquor business they are they they have a give you a rate and they're covering you by every dollar of alcohol sales that's what they're covering you on so these fucking people get to say all right how much do you think you're gonna make this year. <clears throat> I don't fucking know. Uh, million dollars. Okay, sure. Million dollars. If you make two million, they're gonna come in and audit you, and they're gonna they're gonna get you. They're gonna you have to spend and so you have to double your insurance spree. So you paid fifty grand for that million. You gotta write another check for fifty grand at the end of the year because oh wait you made more money so you gotta give us more money. Crazy. Here's the worst part. <sighs> Say you make five hundred thousand. Nope. Still fifty grand. Doesn't matter. They're still getting their. They're still covering a million dollars. It doesn't matter. Sorry, yeah, 
Tough year for you guys. Go get them next year, huh? So insurance is a good. It game is, but then you talk about the now you really want to dive in. Not that this is a pretty boring concept, but you dive in now. You you bring on your insurance broker. Okay, we want to get close to the line so we don't have a huge audit at the end of the year, but we have to try to stay under that line or right at it because we don't want to have to over. We don't want to overspend. So it, it's a it's like it's a dance like you wouldn't believe. Because they want you to undersell it, so that you owe more. Why can't you just say that my th- I'm probably going to make ten, you know, thirty bucks this year? <laughs> because thirty bucks, they'll give you a rate. Because the lower the rate, the lower the number you say, the higher the rate is. So they'll give you like, let's say it's it's you know, you know, you're getting one point eight five for every dollar you spend or whatever, whatever it might be. If you go, if you say you're going to make two million, it'll be one three five. So if you get audited and you made two five, you, you don't have to make less. If you say you're gonna make thirty bucks, you mean you mean they thought that <laughs> yes. through? Say so you make thirty bucks, <laughs> they're gonna be like, all right, your rate's four thousand. So when you when you when you make a million dollars, you're gonna owe us sixteen million dollars. <laughs> so yeah, so it, it's just it's and we're going through this right now. We go through it a lot. It's the liquor business. We're one of the reasons why I have transitioned into other parts of my life as far as investing, <laughs> because it is it's, it's a very difficult life, but. These are the types of things you deal with, and, and like you give Sean's Sean's example, and then you put on you know like again we're making money thankfully, but you know the other day where I'm dealing with audits, I'm dealing with you know I'm dealing with employees and managers and and you know taxis and investors and dealing with all this different shit, and you're like you know what I'd like to do, I'd like to just go to a job. And do the day, do whatever it is. All right, I'll go in. I'll see some. Could you just for like a just for like a yeah, week? Yeah, go see just some give clients. Me a two weeks. Give me a pay. Give me a pay period yeah. where I could just go in. Hey Johnny, how's the how's the yeah. kids? Go over to the water cooler. Respond to a few emails. Uh, you know, go to. A, yeah, you know, sales calls. We're probably offending so many. I know. And again, <laughs> I don't mean it to be <laughs> offensive in any way because we're just making it out like it's the office. It's not obviously. You guys have jobs to do, and I will to be fair. And, I, and some people actually do work super free. Yeah, and those people oftentimes move up in the business world or whatever business they might be in. However, I will and I will also say, to be fair, there's a vast majority of people that I work with that do nine to fives because I obviously, you know, insurance brokers, we, we work with a, a whole assortment of people that are working the theoretical nine to five. A lot of them work way harder than I do, which again, it, which is why I chose the lifestyle that I have because I, yeah. I that's what I want. I don't want to work hard in any capacity. What I love is meeting people, networking, and figuring out how we can do business together and make money together. That's what I like. That's the only thing I like. But once we figure it out, I'm going to pass it off to somebody else to go execute that plan. That is what I do. That is the only thing I do, and that's all I care about doing. And a lot of these other people, they do – like my, my new executive assistant, it, she, I think she knows I'm emailing her before I email her because her response is unbelievably fast. <laughs> like it is so crazy, and I actually just gave her a compliment yesterday because – uh, we, I was on the golf course yesterday, and I wasn't theoretically working, but it is a business relationship. It's, a, it's a, an attorney in the city who uh, became a friend, and uh, he he uh, is in the real estate world, which I, I do I do some work over in the real estate world, so he can be helpful. But so it was theoretic consultant, yeah, huh? Consulting. Yeah, <laughs> consulting. He theoretically is helpful, but <laughs> the thing was on for about four holes. I had stuff coming in. I had stuff coming in. I had to do things. I had to work. I had to make, take phone calls. I had to do certain things. But th- the best part about it was I was able to, all right, this is what needs to happen. All right, call, I'm not going to give you a name. Give her a name. But call my executive assistant. Say, hey, listen, this, this financial packet's coming in and this financial packet's coming in. Send this, per- this one to this people. Send this one to this people. And then we'll move on. And, like, and then there was a few other things that happened. And we, she took care of it all. Just I had to give okays on some th- certain things. But it was perfect. That's exactly why I hired her. Was because I didn't want to have to deal with this bullshit because I'm not an organized human. And having someone on behalf like, all right, you're getting everything. All right, what what needs to be sent? I need the liquor license here. I need the liquor license here. I need the insurance. I need the lease from this bar. Send that package to this person. Instead of me going through my files trying to figure it out, she's going to have it like that. And it's gone. And that is amazing. So she's a prime example of someone who theoretically has a nine to five. She is a hustler, though. Theoretically has a nine to five, but is unbelievably outworking me. Like you wouldn't believe how much outworking she's doing than I'm doing. But again, this is the life that I've chosen. I've worked my way up to this part. But there is that. 
that you know that want sometimes to be like security. It's security. It, it's not even just sec- well, security as far as that type of thing, as far as financing and all that stuff, and just having a job and having health insurance, and all that stuff. But on the other end, it's just like you know, I, I not everything is being asked to me. Like not everything in the world is being ran through my desk to see if this is okay to go do it. You know, folks, for you at home, I still have this like blue desk that I my parents gave me when I was like thirteen. That's the desk you guys are running it through. <laughs> so it's like it's ridiculous, but like a lot of this stuff, it's 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 nauseating sometimes, and it gets to a point where you're just like, Do you know who Atlas is? No, I mean I've heard of the word, but that's it. Atlas, uh, the uh, Greek, he holds uh, Greek, the world on his shoulders. Uh, in Greek mythology, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, holds the world on his shoulders. Is that uh, you've definitely never read this book? Nope. Uh, I can't even claim that I've read it. I, I've only listened to it because it's twelve hundred pages. But wow. Uh, at the end of the basically uh, it's it's it the, the the book is like a battle between the people who uh, you know the, not the nine fivers but like the people who kind of just want their work, stuff taken care of for them and they just want you know security and they don't want to ever work for anything versus the the people who are you know the the go-getters the people who are producing for the world and at the end of the movie, or at the end of the sh- the show, the show, the end of the book. There, there's like one of the main characters who is holding the world on his shoulders. It's like the guy who has held out the longest uh, in this struggle. They ask him. They said, uh, "You know, what would you do if you had the weight? If, if what would you tell Atlas, who had the weight of the world on his shoulders, uh, and uh, you know, and was you know, crumbling at the at the seams or something like that." And he said, I tell him to shrug. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, okay, there, that's, there, that's it right yeah. there. <laughs> I, it, it's, you know, when, you, when you're doing these types of things, when you work like this, I mean, there's downsides. There's negatives and positives to everything uh, in what we do. And there's, you know, when you do feel as though the weight of the world's on your shoulders, which in any walk of life that you may have, I'm sure we all felt that way. You know, when I was pitching for the – towards the end of my career when I was pitching uh, for Seattle and Pittsburgh and in AAA, I wouldn't even make it to the big leagues with these fucking guys. But when I, when I was pitching for them, I felt as though there were four trillion eyes on me and that everyone was watching me suck. And it's, it's crazy. You feel like that. You feel like everything's coming. And, and you know, when push came to sh- shove, you know, my brain was not wired in a way that I could get past that. That's just the way the world works. You know, like I told you, and I've told you guys on the show before, you know, when I was younger and I just got out of baseball, it was easy to blame a coach. And do I think that coach hurt me a little bit? Yeah, I do. But coaches had been annoying to me in the past. You know, why, why is this guy all of a sudden the problem? You know, it was me. I just, I, you know, my brain wasn't wired, but you didn't want to blame yourself. You wanted to blame someone else. So it's easier to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, how many emails do we get a day when, when something doesn't go wrong in our businesses and someone's like, well, this guy didn't answer my email. Well, OK. Did you actually send the email? <laughs> Creed Bratton over here. <laughs> yeah, like, th- exactly. It's like it's, it's just easier to blame other people. I get that. Like, that's human nature. But, you know, when you're when you're doing these these types of things where you feel like the, the weight of the world's on your shoulders, <laughs> sometimes you just want to be like, oh, you know what? Can someone else take this for yeah, can someone else live, take this for a second? You know, why don't someone else just hold on, and then you pass off your duties to my executive assistant. And let her hold the <laughs> hold it for a while. Yeah, but how about how about this too, though, Patrick? I think uh, let's let's bring this full circle. Uh, everybody, everybody always wants security. Somebody asked me one time. They said, Sean, you know, uh, don't you like? He's like he was saying something to the effect of like, yeah, you know, I had to do these certain things uh, just to make sure I met, you know, just to make sure I like. I forget. Gosh, I can't remember what he was saying. But I was talking. We were talking about like creating security in a business and how there never is security as an entrepreneur. Uh, and where the security is 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 in your skill set. It's you're having the security. Like for me, I have the security to know that at any time I really want, I can go get a PRI can client clients. I can go get fitness clients. Uh, I can put those things together. I have a list of five thousand people that I can start selling things to that I know what they want. Uh, it is you can have you can have security in the skill set to know that you're capable of doing it. You can have the security in your experience that you've already done it and you can just do it again. Uh, and uh, you know the the most common thing that I hear is uh, well you know I'm just nervous. I don't have money coming in. I don't have this. I don't have that. Well, look if you're if you're smart enough, if you're skilled enough, and you're willing, 
there's as much security as you ever need in this game. Uh, it's the people that want something for nothing that have no security because you're just hoping to win the lottery. Yeah. It, that, I mean, that could happen. Probably unlikely. Not probably unlikely. We know the odds. But there's a story. How about this? There's a story from uh, Tony Robbins. He tells from one of his early seminars where he was telling everybody about the pos- power of positive thinking and how everybody, uh, you know, how, like the effect th- that it can have on your life. Uh, and this one woman in the audience uh, raises her hand. She's like, I'm going to, you know, uh, wish to win the lottery. Uh, and uh, he was like, thank like, uh, OK, I get I understand what you're saying, but that's not necess- that's not really what I'm getting at. And she's like, well, look, this is what I want to do. This is what I want. And I'm going to you know, try to, you know, power positive thinking this thing. Uh, well, you know, two months goes by. She comes back to his next seminar, a lottery winner. She won like $1.5 million, and she's telling everybody about it. Uh, and he's like, wow, like the power of positive thinking, like really, th- you know, I don't think you necessarily understood what we were getting at, but look, uh, hey, that it's pretty awesome that it worked out. And he's like, what's the what's the next goal that you have? Uh, and she's like, well, I want to win the lottery again. Uh, and he's like, he's like, well, okay, you, now it's getting a little ridiculous here. Uh, you know, like don't, you know, you know, you're, this – it's the lottery. It doesn't work that way. She's like, nope, that's what I want. Uh, like um, a couple months go by. She comes back to another seminar. She won the lottery again. She won like $600,000 or something like that. And he's just like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. And he's like, and, and apparently like everybody at the seminar afterwards is like, I want to win the lottery. I am power positive thinking this thing. Uh, and, but yeah, interesting story. It is an interesting story. But it doesn't work out in the long run typically. Or no, not typically. Literally never has. <sighs> Um. All right. Well, that's all I have for you guys. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to quickly talk about that because, again, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, you know, oftentimes me and Sean can romanticize it. It's nice to hear some of the downsides to it, in that, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm sure business owners around the world envy the other side, just as sometimes the other side envies us. No doubt. It's just it's, it, the grass. So the grass is always greener on some days, and. You know, as they would say in baseball when, you know, we wanted to get traded, you know, because we're playing with the Red Sox. The Red Sox are so fucking good. No <coughs> way they're going to call me up, bop, 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 bop. All the coaches that have been around the block always say, hey, listen, grass isn't always greener. And sure enough, it wasn't always because if you were good enough, you'd already be there. You know, you'd be trade. You They might trade you if they don't have room for you. But they, you're going You're going there. It doesn't matter. You're going to get there. So yeah, the economy, the economy is flawless in that, in, in that respect. Yeah, the market dictates all that's what we were talking about. You know, I saw um, <coughs> uh, just a quick note to leave on. He told you uh, to watch Gary V one time. He spoke about his, his uh, speaking rate and he was talking about, hey, I, you know, I start off five grand and then I, I had plenty of those. So 10 grand. And he just kept going up, going up. I don't remember what the number is that he stopped at because it, you know, the market dictated, Hey, okay, this is too much. We're not uh, Gary. You're not, we don't think you're worth this. And so then he came back down to reality and started, but went up there. If he had never done that, you know, let's say he ended at sixty grand of speaking engagement. I think he was in the six figures. Let's say he ended at a hundred grand. He would have been charging five with all these things, but now he's getting you know <coughs> just as much traction at a hundred. So you got to figure that's up. Similar in the bar yeah. industry, you know, you, you you push prices, you push prices, you put you know if you, the if Bud Lights are eight dollars, are people stopping at nine? If your total bill is thirty five dollars. Are you stopping? Are you not coming because it's thirty nine dollars? You know, and there might be some people that do it. Some people, more than likely, it's not a big enough change for it to change for it to stop. But if I sell forty thousand Bud Lights in a year, and I up the price a dollar, I just added forty thousand dollars without anything in, as far as inventory or any overhead. Forty grand just put got put in my pocket, pulling money out of thin air. So it's finding that market it's finding what where the market is and if you don't push the envelope when you have a popular product if you don't push the envelope to see where the market says oh hold on there big guy if you don't push that you'll you'll always undercharge what you're what you're doing prob- probably undercharge what you're doing so that's a little nice little um that's a little story about how that but anywho Update real quick. I just want to give you guys an update because uh, Brandon Bavino, one of my partners, decided to comment on the Twitter about Miami Pat 60 times. So, <laughs> Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Shouldn't you be working? Yeah. No, this was like the middle of the night. So on like a Tuesday. I had to, I had to silence my phone because it just kept going off because we follow each other. So on Twitter, they send you notifications. Anywho. Yeah. So the total amount of, of, of comments so far – is right around like 85. 
Now, that is well escalated because of Brandon, so I feel confident currently <laughs> in my current position. Um, so just want to update you guys there. I'm more than happy. I, I don't want to release that video. I haven't checked Twitter did he, or on YouTube. Did he release the video on YouTube? I know he released that thing. No. He did not do it on YouTube Shorts, though, so we're good there. All right, so we're right about 85 comments there, so you got <laughs> 115 before you see the video. I've had many friends reach out privately to get the video off me on the black market. But I have yet, I have yet to, I have yet to give that out. So um, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Who knows? You never know. Um, I will leave you guys because we were not necessarily negative on this podcast, but definitely talked about some of the downsides of being um, or living the entrepreneur life. So I'll, I'll give you a, a little bit. I don't know if it's positive, really, but puts things in perspective. That's what I'll give you. For my dear friend Sahil Bloom, uh, he tweeted. Uh, if you're stressing out over the, over something stupid, which theoretically your livelihood isn't something stupid, but again, this can put things in perspective for you, read this, and I'll read it for you. The last stars will die out 120 trillion years from now, followed by 10 to the 106th power years of just black holes. Condensed, that's like the universe starting with one second of stars, and then a billion, 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 billion years of just black holes. Stars are basically the immediate after effects of the Big Bang, a one-second sizzle of brightness before settling into eternal darkness. We live in that one bright second. Pretty, yeah, never thought of it that way. And regardless, not that we have a big enough audience for people really to go at each other, but regardless of your thoughts on the Big Bang or if there's God, whatever, doesn't really matter. Very interesting when you talk about, you know, you live in almost like, like it's like a flat. Like I think of, I thought about when I read it, I thought of um, Call of Duty, throwing flashbangs. Like you throw the you throw the flashbang, it's just boom, and then the light's gone, but it like blinds the person. But you, it, and that's that's literally what we live in. Just, that's it. Uh, so an interesting, an interesting way to put life into perspective that none of this shit matters. As long as you're happy. Anywho. Enjoy your weekend, guys. I don't know. Again, I always end as the weatherman. Sean's getting hot. End the damn podcast. I am fucking roasting. Sean is getting hot. (laughs) I feel great. So no issues there. But enjoy the weekend. Very, very nice in New Jersey. So I like to end as as the weatherman. Um, Sean, any final thoughts? Yeah, why don't you give us a 15-day forecast, idiot? Friday, 85 and sunny. Uh, but anyways, I'm going to end this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to end this podcast. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Sorry, we're closed. <laughs>